How's it going? I can hear you well. That's good. I can hear you crystal clear, too. I got the other two invites out, so they'll be here in a second. Sweet. How's it going? How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, brother. Yeah, I've, um, funny enough, I've actually been spending the week um, looking at the JFK assassination. <laughs> oh, yeah? Going down that route the whole way? Well, yeah, I've kind of, um, I, I've kind of exhausted me. Hey, Boston Rob, how are you? What's up, boys? Yes, Not I'm clear again. Just, uh, yeah, I can hear everybody crystal clear. This is great. Just uh, waiting on our very special, special, special guest today, Joey from uh, the Gangster Profile. He'll be joining us here shortly. I sent out the invite, but I mean, it, it takes everybody a second for first time around, so. We'll just chit-chat until then. How's it going with you, Rob? I'm great. You guys? Not so bad. Not so bad, brother. David was talking about how he's going down the rabbit hole of the JFK assassination in his life lately, and I just can't see that being healthy for him. Yeah, don't even get, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got my own views. Um, it, was, um, it was funny enough, it was something me and Craig at nationalcrimesyndicate.com were talking about the other day. Um, and uh, I, I just kind of, yeah, it, it's a bit of fun more than anything at the moment. No, yeah, it's, I mean, that's a good one. That's a good one to just like kind of lose yourself in. There's so, so many like key players and just there. I mean, there's so much you can do with the JFK assassination that, I mean, I'm honestly surprised more movies haven't been made about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Oh, David, you want to check in with uh, Joey and see if you got that invite while we're uh, just. Yes, mate. Two sex. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, oh. No problem. I just I want to make sure that he got it because if not, you know, got to resend it and start her back up. Not going to miss out on having a guest with us. Yeah, for those of you guys who don't know Joey, uh, he runs the Gangster Profiles page. He's also uh, basically an expert on Bumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's what we'll be talking today, by the way. Uh, welcome to Wise Guys Hideaway. I'm, I'm sure you know what you're listening to by now. I don't, I don't know if I have to sort of do an intro every episode but yeah nonetheless today we're going to be talking about uh the late great bumpy johnson um who was actually born today in 1905 in charlestown south carolina uh and he would leave the did you say charlestown charlestown isn't that what it is charleston charleston so bad so bad i even got it like scribbled like charlestown i'm an idiot i got relatives down there they're gonna be mad at me same as the dance, isn't it? Oh, what's up? Same as the dance, isn't it? Charleston. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. The Charleston, yeah, the Charleston's a dance. Charlestown, though. Is Brick got it. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, did Joey respond yet? I'm just waiting, mate. Yeah, no problem, no problem. But yeah, uh, nonetheless, Bumpy Johnson's born today on Halloween. Happy Halloween, by the way, guys. I mean, I don't know if it's Halloween over there or not, David, but. Uh, yeah, no, 31st of um, October, yeah, Halloween over here as well. I know it's not often we share this stuff. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Is there any holidays we celebrate? Obviously, 4th of July, you guys don't celebrate, but uh, is there any other ones we celebrate that you guys don't? Like, do you guys do Thanksgiving? I know you guys do Christmas. No, we don't do Thanksgiving. Hanukkah isn't popular over here, apart from obviously within the Jewish community. Um, it seems quite popular in America, though. Um, so, um, oh, oh, he's coming back to me. Sorry, mate. I was um, just trying to deal with Joey now. Oh, you're all right. You're all right. Uh, what, what was he saying? Did he not get an invite? Or... 
Oh, there he is. Hello? Hey, what's going on, Joey? What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Oh, you know, just sitting here shooting the shit. We was waiting on you. But I know it uh, takes a second when you send out those uh, invites. It seems seems like David gets his the quickest. But uh, what's going on, man? Uh, I heard you here. Hey, man, I really can't complain. Uh, Happy Halloween. Uh, I'm in Jersey. It's like 30 degrees right now. Um, But I really can't complain. How about you guys? Yeah, it's the same here in Boston, about 30 degrees, freezing. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not so warm out here either. So I I got Jazzy and Boston in the house. What a fucking day. (laughs) This is a day. Well, I've got Highlander. That's what's up because I got a stupid Midwest accent. So you got talking on this one. But uh, no, Joey, they tell me that you're uh, quite the expert on our good old buddy Ellsworth Raymond Johnson, better known on the streets as Bumper. Well, I have done a lot of research. Um, I w- I'm hoping to be an expert at some point. I wouldn't say I'm quite there yet, but yeah, I have done some extensive research on him. Uh, he fascinates me, his whole story. And, you know, he, he he's. What what fascinates you so much then, Joey? I'm I'm, I'm always just kind of drawn to him. Uh, my family actually is from Harlem in that same area, like 118th right. Street. So I kind okay. of grew up kind of hearing the stories, um, and yeah, just you know the Dutch Schultz stuff and Madame Saint Clair all the way through to, to the 60s. You know, all these just really interesting stories always drew me into him. I, I can't really put my finger on it exactly, but uh, he he does have a swagger of his own. It's like I I don't know. He's kind of like um, I guess the best way I compare it would be he's like the Carlo Gambino of Harlem to me. Any any time I've ever really looked into Bumpy, it's kind of like he carried a big stick, but he moved like softly. Yeah. You know, like it seemed like like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You know more about him than me, but he didn't really seem like real flaunty or real like overly violent like yeah i mean obviously all these guys use violence and they have to it's part of the job you weren't frank matthews yeah yeah exactly exactly like yeah because when anytime i research some of the detroit guys or whatever they're so kill crazy that you know it's always like i mean they're like serious but like bumpy i mean even though he's probably got 100 bodies under his belt uh he didn't seem like that it seemed like uh the guy he would train which is probably where most people would uh half recognize the name bumpy from if you're wondering like i've heard that name or did i hear it but i don't it's uh Denzel Washington's mentor in American Gangster. It was, uh, which is true. It, Frank Lucas's mentor was Bumpy Johnson. So, well, I've, uh, I'm not sure if you guys read it, but in Mamie Johnson's book, which was Bumpy Johnson's um, wife, she actually denied that the uh, Frank. Really, Lucas I didn't, I've never, I've never, I've never read. Yeah, that. it's a really good book, um, written by his wife and a woman by the name of Karen Quinones Miller. Yeah. She actually rips Frank Lucas in that book. I mean, I can't really go into <laughs> detail, but you, you guys should check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. She rips him, you know, tells him he made all that stuff up and that he was really making up the story of, or he wasn't making up the story, but he was taking the <clears throat> story of F- flash Walker, who was a Lieutenant oh, of Bumpy yeah. Johnson. And he was actually, you know, owning that story as his own uh, to an extent. So what happened to Flash Walker? Was he uh, gunned down or incarcerated, I'm guessing? Flash Walker was actually, for a little bit of time after one of Bumpy Johnson's um, prison stints, he served as his lieutenant and bodyguard, chauffeur, all that, you know. And uh, he eventually actually ended up snitching on Bumpy. 
And there, yeah, oh. and there's an interesting story, few stories actually. He did like Flash Walker did a, um, maybe like a four week installment, um, for one of the newspapers back in the forties. Um, he did this anonymously, you know, and he mentions a story where uh, allegedly Bumpy owed him some money, um. Uh, and instead of owning up to it, Bumpy denied it and just, you know, uh, said, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, instead of, you know, owning up to owing him money, he kind of just threw uh, that into his face and said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill you and all this stuff instead of just, you know, paying him his money. And uh, one night, Bumpy actually snuck up on Flash and stabbed him right next to the heart. Um, oh, yeah, man. and he oh. he didn't he uh flash lived of course to tell these stories um but yeah he frank Frank Lucas owns uh or tried to own his story uh flash walker's story allegedly according to his wife yeah well i mean that's not that's not the first time I've heard uh Frank Lucas be called out for being more uh fiction than fact yeah. um but uh i mean i always kind of hope that his story was more true than that because uh I mean that was that it, that was some of the smartest drug track drug trafficking I've ever researched. You know what I mean? Like even if even if he's taking a little more credit than like he has come in, like the the way he was smuggling dope into the U.S. was definitely that was definitely a ballsy move. It definitely worked for him for quite quite a stretch. But I mean, nonetheless, Bumpy was ten times the businessman Frank Lucas ever was. Frank Lucas was more or less just a, a huge drug trafficker. Bumpy, he was actually like in the rackets, right? Like, he, I mean, more or less like kind of like the Italian. I mean, as you guys know, Bumpy well, was there from like the thirties. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say. I mean, he must have he must have had something about him for for Lucky Luciano to just kind of partner up with him rather than just take over because Lucky took over all the rackets of um, shops, didn't he? In yeah. Harlem. To stop um, any trouble there. Yep. Now uh, the the whole uh, bumpy and um, Dutch Schultz dude. How how did that come? How did that come to be? Well, that's interesting that you bring that up because, of course, there's the Mamie Johnson, or excuse me, this Madame Saint Clair, uh, whole numbers racket thing. Um, and Bumpy was her bodyguard lieutenant, pro- really pro- trying to protect Harlem um, from the mob coming in and, you know, taking all their stuff. Um, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question again? How, like the, the whole, because like Dutch Schultz and uh, Bumpy Johnson, they had, they had quite a few oh, for a oh, while. Oh, yeah, of they? course. And um, yeah, and it, it, it branches off from the, like I said, the Madame St. Clair uh, feud and it was they were really just trying to protect Harlem protect their rackets their numbers racket from uh, Dutch Schultz and there's an interesting clip um, that I've shared with David um, and I'm pretty sure Rob has seen it I don't know if you have Ian um, where Bumpy's granddaughter herself her name is Margaret actually says that um, Bumpy Johnson had an affair with Dutch Schultz's sis- sister and they tried, and that oh, was man. like really a a big fuel to the field. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, why that, they had to move out the area, didn't they? Yeah. Joey? Apparently, they they sent her over to Jersey and said, you know, you know, have have, have the kid over there, and uh, 
because we got to, you know, brush this to the side. No one can really know about this. That's according to his granddaughter. Yeah, that had to have been uh, kind of one of those, like, stuck-in-the-middle situations for, like, all parties involved, even, like, external parties, like like Luciano or something. Like, you, you get wind of that, and it's like, you know, both these guys are making you enough money, and they're feuding, and, and you're like, oh, man, what do I do? And then you hear something like that. I can't. I can't imagine that headache. I, uh, no, I, I haven't seen that clip. I'm going to have to definitely get uh, one of the fellows to send that to me. I'll send it to you. Rob, you got, yeah, I was going to say, Rob, you got anything to add? You being off quiet over there. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm just listening. I want to let Joey do his thing. Uh, he's, you know, he knows more about Bumpy than probably any of us. But, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I don't think Bumpy, Madam St. Clair, them going to war with Schultz, you know, it, it wasn't their choice. They weren't trying to take anything from Schultz. It was Schultz trying to take from them. So exactly. I think he was more on defense than uh, offense. And I, I, from from what I gathered, she was more protecting her people than she was um, defending the territory, if you like, because she was quite political in the black movement, wasn't she? Going for, um, uh, Even back then, she used to do legal she used to put um their civil rights in the newspaper so that they knew what their civil rights were um she was calling out um police violence on black people so i mean she was quite a a, a, visit, a, 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 a voice for the black movement regardless of what else she was doing because a lot of her profits went back into being able to fight for the civil liberties and civil rights is that true joey or, or- right and um I really do think that the whole uh, race thing is really important to Bumpy Johnson's story. Um, I mean, he grew, he was born in Charleston, South Carolina. And when he was around 10 years old, um, he actually, his, his brother, actually his brother, Willie apparently killed a white man. And as you know, and as you guys know, the American South around this time was not a very safe place for black people in general. So if you, you know, you know, if something like that happens, you know, you, you're, you might get lynched. So I think, I think race was really important to Bumpy and Madam St. Clair, uh, or, you know what I mean? Um, like, like David just mentioned, protect, protecting. And like, um, Rob said, it it was a defense move, you know, from, yeah, I mean, kind of like, sort of like, uh, Sort of, kind of like a renegade army of protectors, more than yeah. more than a group exactly. of gangsters, you know. Well, I mean, let's be honest. When when <laughs> when the Italian mafia first come over, um, they set up the black hand rackets so that they could um, take money from their own. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and then you've got someone like uh, Madame Sinclair, who's doing stuff to protect her own. So. Um, you can see the difference. I know Dutch Schultz obviously wasn't Italian, but you can see the difference there. Dutch Schultz was a mad dog, though, man. Like, for for all the the crazy people we talk about, like, I really feel like he kind of gets uh, overlooked a little bit. I don't know if it's because, like, because of the era, you get, like, Anastasia and the Murder, Inc. and stuff. So, like, Schultz doesn't seem as ruthless. But, like, the more you look into Dutch Schultz, he was a vicious, vicious son of a bitch, dude. Like, he, he would kill you on a, on a whim. I always liked in the I don't know I don't know if it's Harlem Nights or what movie it is where Tim Roth uh, portrays Dutch Schultz, but I always thought he did a pretty good job because from everything I've ever like looked into Dutch Schultz, but he seems like he's almost like mentally unstable, <laughs> not even just like your typical sociopathic gangster. Like like there's actually something wrong. Like, there's not wires connecting up there. I don't that's know, hoodlum. I what, that's hoodlum. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was just gonna ask. Yep. That's a very awesome, good movie. Man. Yeah, Harlem Nights. I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> 
yeah, no, but yeah, Tim Tim Roth did a really good job in that. Uh, the one thing I do like about Dutch Schultz, though, is when he was killed on October 24th, uh, 1935, hey, in New Jersey, nonetheless, <laughs> uh, is when he finally gets to the hospital and he's just dying out. He goes on a huge rant, but the last little stretch of everything he says, I got it wrote down here because he just always fascinates me. He's just, hey, no Jimmy. way I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to read it? You got a British voice, it'll sound cool. Huh? No, go ahead. What I'll, one I'll do you? Is it the boy has never wept? Uh, yeah. I mean, his final one is the like the hey Jimmy, the chimney, <laughs> the chimney sweeps. Talk to the sword. You got a big mouth. Please but come help did... me. And, like Henny Max, come over here. French Canadian bean soup. I want to leave me alone. Last People took that on um, uh, in the early seventies, saying that. It was a uh, code, a coded message for the Illuminati. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Dutch could not have met, been in the Illuminati. There's just no way he didn't have the ability. Luciano, maybe. Arnold Rothstein, most definitely. Even a Bumpy Johnson, sure. Dutch Schultz, no. Way too off the cuff. Way too loose cannon. My opinion. Yeah, no chance. Yeah. Now, the, <laughs> the quote Dave was talking about that uh, he allegedly said. Um, when he was dying was uh they say it was his last words but like you said Ian they say the other thing was his last words but it said uh yeah a, a boy has never wept nor dashed a thousand kin you can play jacks <laughs> and girls do that with a softball and do tricks with it oh oh dog biscuit <laughs> and when he is happy he doesn't get snappy so yeah Fake people. These are these are the real last words of Dutch Schultz. I don't know what order because none of us were there, but like we're not just for anybody listening. That's like this can't be right. Like this is one hundred percent right. These are police officers who took down his last statement. Probably just baff. I'd have been laughing. I laugh way too much at everything. So this guy would have been seven bullets on him, just bleeding out, like trying to hold his hand, saying all this shit. And I'd have been cackling right in his face. I'd have been like, all right, man, you're going to hell. Just hope you know that. They say um, when he was um, when the ambulance came, they took the uh, they took the other two guys first because they were more seriously wounded than uh, Dutch. And then the second ambulance came for uh, Dutch. But they say um, that um, I have a right here somewhere. Oh, yeah. Right. They say I uh, when they took him to the. Uh, to the hospital, I don't know if it was on the ride there or what, but he gave an ambulance worker three thousand dollars. There's a couple stories to how much they uh, gave him, but gave him three thousand dollars, saying, "Hey, I'm not going to need this money when I'm going," because you know Dutch thought he was going to die. But then when Dutch didn't die right away, the uh, the ambulance guy was so worried that he was going to come back and get his money if he lived that he turned the money in. He didn't end up keeping it. Classic. Oh man, what do you do though? But- yeah. The the um the first one to die was Otto Berman, wasn't it? And yeah. um, it was Otto Berman who come up. Apparently, he's the one that is said to have said the phrase, "Nothing personal, it's only business." Really? Yeah. Apparently so. That's awesome. I never knew where that came from. I literally thought the Godfather just like I don't know. I thought it was Pacino. That's because cool. he, had, he had a really funny nickname as well, something like Ababama or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nickname. He, he died. Berman died at um at two twenty a.m. and uh, at six a.m. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. Landa, Lando. He uh he died in uh twenty. That was and then that guy Rosencrantz died 
29 hours later. So I think Ro- uh, Rosencrantz died after Schultz or before? Yeah, no, he, uh, he, he died after. Schultz wasn't the last one to die from that, that shooting. Yeah. Tw- uh, Joey, do you, th- do you think Bumpy had like more to do with the Dutch Schultz hit than we give him credit for? Or do you think it wasn't? Nah, was- that was a commission. Yeah, Murder, Inc. Wasn't it yeah. uh, Bug, Bug yeah. Workman and uh, Mendy Weiss, I think? Yeah. yeah, and Mendy yeah, Weiss took yeah. the credit when Bug really, apparently, really made the actual shots that killed him, and yeah, because I think he was using like an actual like 1911, like a 45, and like it had it had the clip, and I think Weiss was using one of the old like you know five six shooters, something like that, and just kind of like came in spraying. But yeah, um, yeah, Bug uh, Workman actually delivered the final kill shots. Right well, Louis, Louis Bacolta got the contract, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, le- yeah, lefty, which obviously, lefty yeah, which obviously was um, the the um, Ubi Doobie. <laughs> <laughs> <Murdering. laughs> only my boss to ever be uh, executed via yeah. old Sparky. Oh, Louis, yeah. Days. Well, yeah, Albert Anastasia was very, very close, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, but I, I think Anastasia. Ironically, he died uh, in a chair as well. <laughs> it was yeah. that, it was that close to the old Sparky, and yet he still died in a chair. <laughs> I think Anastasia's a real piece of shit for how he uh, stitched, uh, left you up like that. I mean, Anastasia's a piece of shit anyway. Guy killed like 600 people. There's, there's no redeeming quality about you. That's why you got left on a barbershop floor. But, like, I don't know. Just to stitch your boy up like that. Because, yeah, David, you're absolutely right. They were, like, they were super close. And then, I mean, I guess it's just business in that world. But sets him up to turn himself in. Just kill me. Don't get me to turn myself in. Like, don't be like, hey, it's all going to be okay. We're going to get you a lawyer. No problem. Just fucking put two in my head, dude, for real. For me. Like, if that was me, like, I don't want to go to the chair. Yeah, now, that's a good Go on. Sorry, Rob. No, no problem. Does anybody know who was shot first when uh, Mendy Weiss and uh, Charles the Bug Workman went in there? Because I, I, I actually had, I had posted about it recently. But it was first that said that, you know, they came in and they shot Dutch's guys first and shot Dutch last. Then I, I read it that Dutch was shot first and his guys were shot last. Well, I thought Dutch they, they came through they the back, back, didn't they? Um, and Berman was shot first. Um, uh, and then, because um, Thingy was in the bathroom, Schultz was in the bathroom, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. So yep. the first one to get shot was Berman. Uh, and then Laddow got shot. And I think Rosencrantz then got shot, and then um, Matey Boy because um, Workman, uh, uh, not Workman, uh, uh, ah, bloody old Schultz. Yeah, he was in battle, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was uh, relieving himself when he when he got gunned down. Yeah, I mean, it, it had to have been a good day for Bumpy though. <laughs> yeah, when he when he knew Schultz. And was I want, if gone. I can, just add the infamous telegram from Madame Saint Clair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what, as in so, so shall ye reap telegram. Yeah, I made a mistake. I made a mistake on Instagram the other week, and I'd said that she had put it in his hand, but obviously they were in two places, so it was impossible for that to have happened. I um, actually didn't know it was her who uh, who sent that to him. She yep. said via telegram, didn't she? Yeah, that's good information. I didn't. I I know he got that, but I didn't know it was her yeah, who sent it. it. It seems like she was yeah, probably the most relieved. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet. I bet. Dutch Schultz was really pressing her pretty hard. I mean, and not only, like, I mean, we got to give her the benefit of the doubt of, like, really being in a shit spot and a shit time <laughs> and being, like, I don't know. It, it would suck. Like, it sucks but then to we be African-American. And then we got a 
and we've got to add to it yeah. now um, uh, the information that Joey was mentioning about Dutch, Dutch Schultz's sister. You've got to throw that into the mix as well, because if that's true, yeah. um, obviously it would have done yeah. Bumpy a huge favour for Dutch Schultz to have been taken out. Yeah, yeah, big relief. It can definitely be true, and um, I could see it being true. They, they, there was even witnesses to yep. a fistfight Bumpy and Dutch had had in the street over it. Um, I don't know what was said or anything like that, but don't know for sure. Who won? Who won? But you know? yeah, allegedly they had a fistfight in front of maybe more than one, like outside of bars and clubs in, in Harlem. What was it one was one was that there was one was outside one one eight street or yeah. something one one eight street there was. Yeah, that's where one of the fights was. And then when there yeah, were another one outside one of the nightclubs. And they were well, hot spots. Yeah. But was it – because I, I had read somewhere that the one at 118th Street um, didn't happen. That was the one that didn't happen. But obviously, yeah. well, we weren't there, so we don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, that's always, that's always my thing about all this stuff. No, it's no, no. really all speculation. Bad, but who's going to – who's – Who's going to lie and say Dutch Schultz is their granddad? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so that's, there's no benefits to be gained whatsoever from coming out to say that Dutch Schultz was your grandfather in a mixed relationship during the 1930s, 40s in America, in Harlem. I mean, there's just no benefit whatsoever in, in that being a lie. Yeah, you mean Bumpy's granddad? Yeah. No, yeah, no, I feel you. There's like, yeah, there's no, like, hey, you're saying, yeah, I mean, he cheated on his wife, and uh, yeah, here I am, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, there's nothing, you're not gaining anything of that. That's really cool, though. I, re- I really am interested in online that just clip. doing a bunch that? of digging one day, and I, fa- I found it. It was, I, th- I think it was from, I think it was from some TV <laughs> special that aired maybe five years ago or something like that. But I've never actually seen the the full, uh, you know, episode of that show. Just that little clip. Yeah, that is a great no, feeling, though, know, when you go looking for stuff and you just come yeah, across something. Uh, you're like, "Oh man!" <laughs> who, who raised the daughter? Was it ra- ra- uh, raised by Schultz's sister, or was it raised well, by Well, I don't. That's a good question. I actually don't know that, but I believe it's interesting that you ask because um, his he raised Bumpy raised his granddaughter Margaret as his own daughter. So um, though, I, I think it was him that raised her, um, but it's kind of a confusing thing. I, I might be mixing people up because it, 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 it's a uh, it's a little confusing. Like um, Margaret says that it's that Dutch Schultz was her great great uncle. I don't know if it's one great or two greats, and like I don't know. Sometimes that gets like a little confusing yeah, right. in my head. I gotta like sit down and write it down, but. Um, yeah, I believe that Bumpy raised her. If that's, yeah. If if Bumpy, if Bumpy was her grandfather, uh, yeah. If Bumpy was her grandfather, that means that Dutch Schultz would right. have been her great uncle. Yeah, yeah. I think because it was, yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, no, grandfather. If you're, yeah, you're because they would have been the first generation for her life, or the second generation for her life, and then she's born. Because Bumpy, yeah. Bumpy, and. Dutch Schultz's sister, their child would have been Dutch Schultz's niece or nephew. Yep. So therefore, that yep. next generation would be the great niece. So yeah, she'd be the great niece right. of um, right. uh, of Dutch Schultz if that's true. 
Wow, what a wild family tie to have. Like, you come from two pretty reputable, pretty notable, like, criminal names. You know what I mean? Like, I know uh, I got a buddy who's not even really into mob history or anything like that, but his last name is Schultz. And, like, his, his gamer handle on, uh, like, Xbox or whatever is Dutch Schultz just because people know that name. So, like, off the cuff. Same, same with Bumpy. That's another one that's real, like – Reparable. A lot of a lot of rappers have actually used. Uh, I mean, nobody who's really blown up or gone anywhere. But I know a couple uh, Bumpy Johnsons that were like that was like their hip hop alter ego. That was like their 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 rap handle. All that. So I mean, they're they're both both real notable figures. So to be related to both, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty. Talking crazy. of music, yeah. are you was you aware Ian that um, you know the British band Prodigy that they called their first yeah. um, full release uh, the Ellsworth Bumpy Johnson EP. No kidding, that's funny. And then that's it was, funny. It, they followed that. it out with a Bumpy Johnson album. That's awesome. <laughs> now, uh, now Schultz's real name was Otto Flag- sure Flagenheimer, correct? Yep. Yeah, Flagenheimer, yeah. Bodie's <laughs> joining Ooh. in again. <laughs> oh, I was say, whose dog is... That's uh, me, sorry. Oh, I don't care. I love dogs, man. She can bark away. I don't give a shit. They, people don't like dogs. Don't listen to the show. Morgan's right here, but he Rob, doesn't really bark during dog this. Muffins so. right now. <laughs> he, had, he had it earlier. That dog lives its best life. Let me tell you something. That's good. Well, I'll, 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 I'll come in. Syndrome. <laughs> I'll I'll, co- I'll come in from Dunkin' Donuts and I'll put the I'll put the muffin in my pocket so when I come in it just looks like I got my coffee and he's sitting there going fucking nuts wondering where his muffin is. This dog he's so smart he really is when it comes to that shit. <laughs> how, many dogs, how many dogs you got, Rob? You just have one. Well, I had three. There was uh, Quint, Emily, and Morgan. Quint and Emily were actually Morgan's parents. Uh, Quint died in 2017 at age 17. And Emily died in 2018 at age 12. So Morgan's there. Uh, he's all that I have left now. But You kind of set me up for disaster there. I thought you were going to say 2017 at age 17, 2018. Uh, yeah. yeah, Quint lives to be 17, which is pretty uh, pretty good. He just, That's a long way for him. Yeah, he couldn't walk anymore in the end. So we basically had a... a funny, funny you say that, Rob. I was going through my um, Google Drive the other day looking for something and I come across... Uh, the two photos of Quint and Emily. Remember when, uh, I think it was when Emily died. Um, and we were, that's when we'd start getting in contact, I think. And you, I'd done a photo or something, put the two of them together, and I just come across it. Yeah. Day. I remember. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and welcome to Dog Love the Title, everybody. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, I, mean, we're, I mean, we're talking um, about... <laughs> yeah, I know what we're talking about, Dave. <laughs> no, about Bumpy Johnson, but we're sort of like just kind of like get, like giving an oversight. Like, I mean, this I mean, this guy was like a huge influencer in the numbers in Harlem, was he not? Like, that, like weren't they the that? Like, I mean, I like I kind of want to give him credit where credit's due on the whole wise guy bit to the hideaway. You know, like, like they were they were still some even though they were protectors of Harlem everywhere else, they they were still gangsters. It's not like they didn't leave you know a body count of their own. I, I, I'm sure I don't I don't know how. Uh, how the war went down between Bumpy and Dutch, but uh, I, I would assume Bumpy definitely yeah, got his. He had, did, yes, I mean, did he not go? Numbers I mean, was huge for him. Um, I'm pretty sure his family denies it, but uh, drugs were also huge for him. Um, as you guys know, I believe he was like the direct connect for Lucky Luciano. 
But he got 15 years. Yeah, well, he spent half his didn't life heroin. in jail for uh, you know drug charges mm. mostly. Um, oh, I bet. Oh, at that period in time, Jesus Christ, they're still trumped up enough as is. Like I can't imagine back then, yeah. African American, and you get caught with some heroin. Yeah, he 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 was allegedly arrested oh, yeah, over forty insane. times, which is that's pretty impressive. That's a lot, even for yeah. a gangster. Yeah, that's a lot of times to be arrested and, and still end up back on the street. That is, too. Because mm-hmm. if you get arrested 40 times, that means even if they got you on your fourth. Uh, no, I mean, no, because he, he, did. he didn't die in prison, did he, Joe? He, uh... It was in Hollywood, wasn't he? restaurant. Did, uh, did he die from a heart yeah, attack? He died, American uh, gangster portrayed, or did um, he die from something at else? At the restaurant that David just mentioned, Wells, um... And it, there's disputing reports um, over like who was with him, but yeah, it was over a heart. He died over um, from a heart attack over a meal um, at Wells Restaurant. I believe it was in '68. In, in this, yeah, yeah, July '68. Yeah, I mean, making 63 years as a gangster and then spending most of that time in and out of prison or at war with the crazy Dutchman. I mean. He lived, a, I mean, pretty good long life, all things considered. Maybe, maybe not always good because he's in prison a lot. But, yeah. I mean, he lived a long life. Yeah, but didn't really start hitting prison until after um, Ed kind of become someone, didn't he? I mean, he, he was kind of left alone for quite a while. Well, he's African-American, David. I'm assuming he's been going to jail since he was like 10 at that period mm. in time. Like, mm. <laughs> just doing anything, you know what I mean? I'm not even saying that, like. Making light of it, I mean, I laugh, but it's because I laugh at everything. But no, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming uh, you, you're some, you're a black kid shaking dice up back in the day, and you got got ninety days a year. <laughs> oh, you want to get lippy? Two years. Like, guy didn't even say anything. Like, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. He might have, he might have not been going in jail until later in his career. But all these guys seem to start like they're criminalizing this time period so young because people don't live as long. You know what I mean? Like, every time I read up on one of these guys, it's like, man, they began running the streets at the age of nine. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, like, guys got their first hits by 14. <laughs> like, 14 haven't even seen outside in this day and age, let alone. Well, like, like Joe, I mean, like Joey said, though, he was in South Carolina until he was, what, 10, 11? And, when his brother, and he got sent up to New York because his brother yeah. killed a white man, wasn't it? That is true. That is true. Yeah, he was, yep. uh, he was born in 1905 and he was sent up there in uh, 1919 so he was a teenager 14 years years old man i mean talk about and talk about a rough life though man to have to like you watch you know your family sort of have to go on the run because of something your brother does and then you get to harlem and it's no better and then like you know i don't i don't know It, it just he definitely lives uh more of a Sad life as a gangster, it seems like. Even, like, his mug shots and shit, he just always seems like he's kind of bummed out. <laughs> yeah, and what, what, what scared his family was, of course, that uh, his brother's murdering the white man. And there was some brutal, brutal lynchings going on around that same time. And he, uh, Bumpy, as a kid, was a, a ladies' man at a young age, apparently. And not only did the black girls like them, but so did the white girls. And that was like another reason why 
um, they they sent him up north because that, you know that scared his family because you know anything could happen. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you know he could do nothing to you know he could do nothing to a white girl and she could yep. accuse him of rape. You know, and you know so anything could happen. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't know I didn't know that about Bumpy Johnson that he was uh, quite the ladies man. That's a uh, that's that's a cool little tip. I mean, I guess I should have figured with you saying he knocked up Duchess sister and whatnot, but. No, I didn't. Uh, yeah. I didn't know from the time oh, he yeah. was. Uh, time he was just a wee lad that he was uh, already out there gaffling the ladies. That's uh, yeah, I had. Um, I found a bit of info that um, he was working for a guy called uh, William Bub Hewlett, uh, who was a, a gangster, and he ended up becoming yep. his bodyguard. But he was also involved in burglaries and pimpings, and that's what put him in prison. He was in prison up, up until, by the time he was 30, he, he had already spent half his life in prison. Um, and it was when he left prison in 1932 that he returned to the streets of Harlem when Stephanie Sinclair picked him up and took him under her wing. That, that's another amazing thing to me about Bumpy Johnson is it seems like he uh, he's one of these gangsters who ended up sort of working under like female leaders if you will at the time which, which is always cool to me to read about because i mean you, i mean when it comes to gangsters you read about so many higher echelon like male figures and organized crime gangs cartels whatever but like there's those spotty little like here and there where it, it's like a, a female really holding the reins you know you got your griselda blancos you got your madam sinclairs you got your stuff like that and to me it's really always amazing because it just seems like the women know how to be gangsters if they're just ruthless enough to do it like they seem real they're real low-key they seem to make immense amounts of money and i mean they always have a, a brutal hit for us because either like uh well like in griselda blanco's case all her all her, oh, yeah. her love with her. so i'm you know so who 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 wants to step to that like uh, a female gang leader and then like her entire hit crew would love nothing more than to give her babies you're a dead man like you're dead <laughs> Now, when did St. Clair step down and let Bumpy take the reins, or did she never actually step down? It, it, I mean, I, I know that they were living together uh, at one point. From what I'm, from what I'm seeing here, when Schultz was uh, this, this I'm reading a review um, on Biography.com, um, which is uh, a review of a book called Harlem Godfather. And what they're saying is that following the death of Dutch Schultz, that was when uh, Sinclair decided to start laying low a bit uh, and decided to hand the business over to Bumpy. So we're talking, yep. uh, we're talking like 1935? 1935, yeah, literally straight away by the looks of things. And the, with Schultz out of the way, Luciano just took over from Schultz took over the rackets and the operations basically um, and let Johnson do what he wanted to do as long as uh, the Luciano crew got uh, cut the profits, which obviously is the way luck it works. So that's, that's how it works. Why, why go to war when Harlem was already under control by Johnson and he could quite easily just get a cut of the profits, which is what happened. Right, I mean, it's easier to just take a slice than go to war. That's where Luciano. Well, that's why. Really, that's why he made the I mean, mafia what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he was immensely smart. He, I mean, he knew that you know we we all bleed red and everybody's chasing dreams. So color, ethnicity, religion, that don't matter. Like, sure, he made it to where like you could only become a made member and stuff if you were Italian. That made sense to keep your own like to your own. But 
that whole old school mentality that they had before him of like, you didn't work with Irish, you didn't work with Jewish, you didn't work with, especially African-Americans and Irish. They definitely, the Sicilians definitely don't play that. But uh, Lucky Lucky was smarter than that. You know what I mean? Like he's seen it. And then like you said, David, if some guy's already got control of his whole neighborhood, all you got to do is come in and be like, hey, you got a nice thing here. We can keep it. You can keep it. You're a nice thing. I just want 2% or 5% or whatever it might have been. The mob seems really big on 2 to 3% percent because it's it's lower to, like, hook you. Do you know what? Ironically, in, uh, in a way, I, I actually see um, that with what Lucky did by bringing the Italians, the Irish, the Jewish and everyone together was that he created, not created more of a division, but there was more of a division within the American mafia between the Sicilians and Neapolitans because there was no external um, uh, mistrust, if you like. So the mistrust was all directed internally in between the Sicilians and Neapolitans, but that's another matter. <laughs> no, that is, that is funny how that worked out. You're absolutely right that, like, all of a sudden once that happened, it didn't become – them them versus you know everybody else it became them versus themselves really all, all the all the way to today i'm I'm sure there's still a big old kind of gap in the american mafia between sicilians and then the neapolitans who like they're still got that's still got to be out there i would think i mean it might be dying out these days who knows but it definitely held strong for years and years and years and years and years Jesus. yeah 100 100 i mean it, it, it's Part of the, it, it's why the black hand worked when when um, it first come over to this country because they were they 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 knew there was a secret society and they they just paid up because they were already fearful because of the culture of the Italian way of life when they were back in Sicily before they immigrated to America so it's quite easy for these uh, mafia dons that have come over to instill the, the rackets that the black hand did. And, uh, yeah, definitely definitely one way to view it. Most definitely. Th- this I, war, I this war went on for a while too, right? Between them, I mean, it had to be at least a, a couple of years that the, um, the war with uh, Dutch Schultz and uh, Bumpy, I'm not sure of the exact dates, but I believe it started in the early 1930s. Yeah, and there was actually a whole, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, uh, there was a numbers case um, surrounding Dutch Schultz in the mid-30s too. Um, and there was a there was a guy named Hines, I think he, he was, um, you know, a Tammany Hall official, and he got caught um, and you know, on it. protecting. Protect, yeah, protecting like Dutch's rackets, and I think that kind of weakened Dutch a little bit too. That whole, um, that whole trial, which was right in the heart of all this. But yeah, I think I think you're right. Because yeah, I mean, I mean, Schultz moved in on them, yeah. and you know, he wanted protection money from the bookmakers and everybody in Harlem, and they wouldn't pay him protection, so he just, you know, they were with Bumpy and St. Clair, so he just Dutch started killing them. And uh, it's even uh, alleged that um, Madame St. Clair uh, responded by attacking the storefronts and businesses that Schultz ran um, and even tipping off the police to him. I don't know how true that is, but that's what it says. And then they say, yeah, and then after that, which uh, her tip-off resulted in the raid of um, Schultz's house, uh, a dozen dozen people were arrested and approximately 12 million $1,000 
dollars was uh, seized, which is a lot to have on hand. I mean, that's what almost two hundred million today, something close to that. No problem. It's, it's astronomical. <laughs> That's outrageous. In cash, they found the twelve million just all in big old stacks, huh? That's what they say. They seized approximately uh twelve million. Well that's all you're dealing no, with. So they couldn't they couldn't pay it at the banks, could they? That that's it, all they're dealing with is cash all the time. It was just a cash industry. That's one of the problems that um oh Michael bringing him up again, Michael Francais had with the success of the gas scam. He just had too much cash. So you got. I mean, yeah. it is quite believable that they would have that much, if if it was headquarters as well, that they would have that much cash around them because it's going to be somewhere, isn't it? Oh, just well, I always wonder is that like I don't doubt the twelve million. I, I just think it's probably more like fifteen, oh, and they reported twelve. You know, that's that's where my brain always goes. Is I'm like, man, when they say what they found, what the fuck did they really find? Like with the big drug bust, with the big money bust and stuff like that. I'm always like, okay, so what did you guys Listen, add? Who, who wasn't corrupt? You had the CIA that were corrupt. You had the FBI that corrupt. You had the New York police departments that were corrupt. And you had the mafia. Yeah, at least we knew that they were corrupt. Everyone else, I mean, come <laughs> on, guys, play it straight. <laughs> Everyone was broke, man. It was. No, I mean, like it, it was just a rough period in time for anybody who wasn't willing to get their hands a little dirty. I mean, it's kind of not kind of almost like today because today we got a lot more like technological advances and things are definitely easy. Living's easier. You don't die at the right age of thirty. But like it, it's that whole like I don't know anybody who don't have some sort of side hustle, legal or illegal. You know, what I mean, I, I don't care if you you work at a factory, but you still do people's hair or you you do tattoos on the side and you're a construction worker or you do like. Everybody seems to have to have like two, three, four hustles just to just to get by, and like it was especially like that back then. And then you gotta think like fridges and shit are just starting to come around. People don't have that. Your food's rotting all the time. Milk fucking is horrible. Water's undrinkable. Like no wonder people just drank alcohol and fucking pissed away their lives. Like it was terrible. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you guys want to uh, go around the table and give give some shout outs and. Uh, Wrap her all up here. Sounds or... good to me. That's cool. Right on. Well, let our guests go first. Uh, Joey, if there's anything you'd like to plug, any projects you're working on, anybody you want to give a shout-out to, go for it, brother. Um, no one in particular. I'll just say shout-out to you guys for having me on. I mean, I had a great time. Uh, thank you, guys. It was it's a pleasure, honor. man. I, I, I want to have you back more. I'm trying to get a big old circuit for this thing and just everybody get together and talk about their favorite gangsters, man. That's what it's all about. Oh, most definitely. I'm more than down for that, man. Who, uh, who else is your? Who else is in your favorite gangsters? I'll definitely keep you in mind for those episodes. Um, definitely anything Harlem related. I don't Harlem. really know why. That's cool. uh, I feel the know, same way about Boston and shit. So Harlem guy, that's cool. Yeah. Um. You know, like Red Dillard Morrison and guys like that. Um. But. I'm really into anything, any any kind of gangster related. I mean, as as uh, you guys know, you've seen my Instagram. It's just generally gangster yeah. stuff. This is, uh, do you know what? So, yeah. Do you have a Do you have a podcast? Sorry, bro. Sorry, Devin. No, I'll just. Oh, you're good. Do you have a podcast, Joey? What was that? Do you have a podcast of your own? Uh, I do. I have like my own. Uh, I'm not. I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, so are we. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're going. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it, I don't know. It's it's uh, 
it's I'm new to it as you guys are yeah. as well. It's just it takes a little getting used to because it's it's hard for me to either you know I either want to have everything right or be like completely laid back. Like oh, no I do the thing, bro. Joey, I've got to jump in there. Yeah. That that interview yeah. you had with Christian Cipollini um, uh, last week, I thought that was awesome, mate. That was a, that was a fantastic interview. That was and thanks for the shout out on that, by the way. Oh, I know what I'm looking for you later now. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> You're right on. Yeah, shout out to you. Christian. He's uh, a Christian. He's a good guy. He's smart. Yeah, he's the man. Right. He's the man. I'll have to get him on here sometime. David, uh, I know you probably got a slew of shout outs. Uh, yeah, I just, well, um, normally I'd give a shout out to Joey, but he's here, so there's no point giving a shout out to Gangster Profiles, although I just did. Um, and all the guys, you got Locke <laughs> and all the guys, Dan. <laughs> Um, over at um, uh, Old Shaggy, <laughs> over at Bad Guy Podcast. Big shout out to those. Um, Locke actually messaged me. He missed our show last week. We didn't do a show last week, obviously, but um, he missed our show last week. It's nice to get a message to say that, oh, I was listening out for your show and it didn't happen. So that was nice to hear from them guys. So uh, big shout out to Bad Guy Podcast. And of course, Craig and everyone at National Crime Syndicate.com. <laughs> Oh yeah, Rob, what you got, brother? Yeah, uh, let me give a shout out to um, Craig at National Crime Syndicate, uh, NCS's Classic Gangsta Society, Cyril DePaggio, the Mob King, Seth Ferrante, Nev Morgan, Joe Rock from uh, Mob Facts, and uh, I also want to give a shout out to a couple of uh, buddies on uh, Instagram. Actually, uh, Joey is one of the people I have down Gangsta Profiles, but I also have Lacosta uh, Ocean Bible, Rizzuto Clan, and Mafia Blog. You guys should check out those pages. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, my, my shout-out's uh, pretty quick and painless, as per usual. It's getting cold, guys. And if you are anything like me, you're driving in a shitbox. <laughs> Let me tell you something about a shitbox. They fall <laughs> when they fall apart, you need to hit up 392 Brothers Mobile Mechanics. That's Brothers with a Z. Uh, they're limited service, but as a free quote, you just call 313-974-2222. Ask for Alex. He'll hook you all up. Again, that's 313-974-2222. Like I said, guys, anything you need welded, brewed, screwed, screwed, screwed <laughs> or any kind of other mechanical work. I know I'm just botching these today. I said fucking Charlestown from South Carolina. I'm, I'm just out here fucking up. You guys are good, though. <laughs> but, yeah, no, nonetheless, 392-Brup-Z-Mobile-Mechanic. 3974-2222. Shout out to the Mob King, Sarah DePaggio. Uh, my good friends, David Randazzo and Ronnie the Cockroach over there at Our Thing Clothing Apparel. Um, Scott M. Bernstein, thank you, thank Joey, you, for coming on, and just happy Halloween. Yeah, Joey, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks. Nice one, Joey. Last minute. And yeah, happy birthday to your, um, you, to your grandma as well, brother. Big shout sure. out to your grandma. Oh, thank you. Thank happy birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> grandma. Take care, guys, and 